Washburn here. And that moment we've been waiting for has finally fucking arrived. Bossy Power Bottom Wear is now officially live on RonnieWashburn.com. That's R-A-O-N-I Washburn.com for purchase. Bossy Power Bottom Wear. The gay lifestyle and clothing line that unapologetically describes what it means to live your best gay life and show others through your clothing that you bottom like a boss. Want to know more? Go to RonnieWashburn.com now. That's R-A-O-N-I. Washburn.com and find out for yourself what it truly means to bottom like a boss with bossy power bottom wear. When no one can ever wrap their mind around the fact that your name is actually spelled out phonetically backwards because the first vowel is the one that's supposed to do the talking and the second vowel is silent, which is not what happens when you put together R-A-O-N-I. That's when you just explain to people instead that it's phonetically backwards and is the mere definition of my entire life. So one of the things that I've learned over the course of the last almost two years and two seasons that I've been doing on this show is that all the things that you think you know in the beginning when you get started are exactly the opposite of what will happen. And here's what I mean by that. You know how like you find this show on Netflix and you get like two full on seasons and you decide that you want to jump in because everybody else on social media is doing the same thing and you just have to know what this is all about. But you have to actually start from the beginning to know how the story plays itself out and how you can get to a place where you understand why everyone else on the internet is going nuts about this specific show. Well, podcasts don't really work that way. In fact, as this show continues to grow and I'm starting to see the numbers multiply in ways that I just don't even fucking understand. And what I'm seeing pattern-wise is that the most current episodes are now the ones that are getting the most attention. And that just means basically I've arrived (laughs) and I'm doing like everything right. (laughs) But all jokes aside, I really do want you to kind of understand why I say certain things, why I structure my show in the way that I do, and why I'm who I am and say what I say each and every week because I get bombarded all the time by questions, comments, and concerns from you, the listeners, in regards to all these different things that if you actually just listened from episode one, you'd know exactly what the fuck I'm actually talking about. But because I don't want you to go into the early shit because it's so bad, (laughs) I decided that this week I would recap just a brief overview on me, my life, what brought me here, and why I did this show. And what's next for Ronnie Washburn? So sit back, relax, put on that condom, or pop your prep pill. And let's start from the beginning on why this show has become what it has to this day. 
are now listening to My Gay Expose podcast, a show that unperfectly describes what it's like when life has you fucked in the head while being fucked from behind. I'm Ronnie Washburn, a writer, LGBTQ plus community activist, and podcast host who's based out of San Francisco, California. Washburn here, and welcome back to My Gay Expose podcast. And because this podcast continues to blossom and flourish in a direction of sheer genius and success, <laughs> just kidding, I actually developed this specific episode as a brief overview of my entire life in hopes to quiet all of the continuous questions that honestly you would understand if you just listened along from the beginning. But I have to acknowledge, even for myself, when it comes to podcasts, that's not the world we live in. Most people, when they catch on to a new show, they pretty much just listen to the most recent episode and or any of the titles in the first 10 from the top that catch their eye. And I totally understand that because that's exactly what I do, too. <laughs> so we're going to go into Ronnie Washburn and all the different reasons why I created this show, where I came from, where I, why I'm doing all of this, how I am this big, bold, bright, and boisterous personality that I am today, and really what the direction for Ronnie Washburn moving forward will be starting around. 2022, which I think will be the year of Ronnie Washburn. And I'm so excited for all the information that will potentially be revealed in this episode. We'll see. <laughs> There's too much fun shit about to happen, but I can't talk about all of it just yet. But stay tuned and hold on tight. But first, before we actually reopen the Ronnie Washburn archives, and start from the beginning. First, let's hop into this week's re-expose. Welcome to this week's re-expose, the segment in which I take the time to reassess, re-examine, re-explain, restart over, or just re-say shit that I said in past episodes that either you didn't fully understand, I didn't fully understand, or once I re-listened through for an edit, I was like, oh, fuck, God, what the fuck was I even thinking? Ugh. That definitely merits a re-expose. And just as a full-on shameless plug this week, because we're focusing just a little bit on me, and the show, I decided to give you just a brief overview of all the things that you need to know in regards to, well, me, Ronnie Washburn. First of all, we've got this amazing show that you're listening to right here, right now, 
along with show number two. That's right. You didn't hear me wrong. I am officially double dipping in the podcasting world with my new show coming your way on Tuesday, 2-22-22, known as Running Your Mouth with Ronnie, a show in which I take the time to, instead of just exposing my gay like I do on this show, I actually take the time to talk with one specific individual and or guest and just see if they're even capable of running their mouth with Ronnie. All of these individuals will be basically people who consider themselves to be members of the LGBTQ plus alphabet, along with allies, and really just tell their truth, share their story, and again, just see if they can keep up with me running my mouth and (laughs) all the fuckery that goes on in between. You guys, I'm excited about this show because it's going to be just a little bit more serious. But you know, just because the name Ronnie Washburn is associated with it, that there is going to be so much messy bullshit involved too. Recording's already started. You're not going to want to miss it. So stay tuned for that. And if you haven't yet, Go to Apple Podcasts, subscribe, rate, and review, and give me a fucking five-star rating and follow on Spotify. And don't forget to turn on those notifications so that you can catch wind of each and every episode of Running Your Mouth with Ronnie, right when it drops. The third installment of Ronnie Washburn, which you can find on my website at RonnieWashburn.com. That's R-A-O-N-I. I, Washburn.com, is my new newsletter known as A Gay in the Life of Ronnie, a monthly newsletter that I actually handwrite. And I'll go into what this is specifically just a little bit later on in the show, but you cannot miss all of the fun shit that I have planned for this. And I promise you, you're going to love it. So you actually have to go to the website, hit the newsletter tab, and subscribe with your email information to receive this VIP version of me, Ronnie Washburn. You guys, I'm also working on a YouTube project. I have merch coming out coming soon, and I'm working on my very first book, known as Gay Walk of Shame, coming your way so very soon. And I'm so fucking excited for all of this additional Ronnie Washburn information. So, again, if you need any more information in regards to any of this shit, go to RonnieWashburn.com. Once again, that's R-A-O-N-I Washburn.com. So before we revisit in our mind all of those times that we were made fun of for being gay while sitting on that little green therapy couch in front of your therapist, first, let's hop into this week's Hot Gay Goss Expose. Welcome to this week's Hot Gay Goss Expose 
where we try and find topics of conversation the one might find relevant and or pertinent to today's gay society or just shit that I want to talk about because it's my show. And the official cast was released this week for RuPaul's Drag Race season 14. And one of the specific cast members has sparked just a little bit of controversy already just on the announcement alone. And of course, you know, we don't know who any of these queens are just yet because, I mean, unless there's somebody that you would specifically know from your area, we're not going to know them until the show starts. But the one, (laughs) I mean, there's, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about this, to be quite honest with you, because, I mean, so of course, we've got our normal L.A. queens. We've got our normal New York queens. We've got a couple of trans individuals in the mix. I mean, we've pretty much done it all in regards to all the different people that the cast has showcased. But this year, the very first heterosexual male is a cast member of the RuPaul's Drag Race franchise for the very first time. And you guys, this is not sitting well with the gays at all whatsoever. Some people are saying they're claiming that RuPaul's Drag Race is considered to be one of the only safe spaces that queer individuals can truly be who they are. And why would they want to, quote, give that to the heterosexuals as well? And you know what? I just have to say, why the fuck not? Why not? We had a female in the UK last season that was just like a lesbian female that was doing drag. So why not? With trans and like drag is an art form. So I think part of the dynamic of all of us being open and accepting one another means that we should also accept fucking heterosexual people as much as we don't want to. (laughs) Oh, God. So I don't know how this is going to go, but we're just going to have to see how all of this shit plays itself out. Moving forward. Stay tuned for the new season, early January. And you guys, I tried. I tried so hard. In fact, I sort of forced myself, even though right from the very beginning, I wasn't feeling it. But I just want to know how all of you feel about this shit as well. Queen of the Universe officially dropped. And I just have to say, even though RuPaul's Drag Race and the entire franchise always will hold a special place in my gay little black heart. I just can't with this fucking show. So supposedly in case you're somehow not in the know, this is pretty much a Paramount Plus exclusive show, which basically is a drag queen singing competition. It kind of reminds me of like America's Got Talent mixed with American Idol mixed with like Univision. (laughs) But the cool part about it is it does have queens from all over the world, which that's probably the highlight that we've got going on here. And I just have to say, I feel like whoever created this show, which I think it was Rue, (laughs) it's just kind of mediocre at best. The judge panel is Michelle Visage, Trixie Mattel, Leona Lewis, and... Oh, God, what the fuck is that bitch's name? 
uh, Vanessa Williams. <laughs> I almost forgot. But honestly, I feel like she almost forgot because Vanessa Williams looks so tuned out, so bored. And like, why am I here is written all over her face. Like she looks so not into it. It's not even funny. But also Michelle Visage looks equally just as uninterested in the show as well. And I sort of feel like she may just be there for the paycheck. And I wouldn't be surprised if it's a pretty decent one. But also, Leona Lewis just, she really just doesn't know what the fuck she's doing. I don't think she's ever judged anything. She's like doing that little like, you're always so good. In a very Paula Abdul kind of way. Just a little too positive and just kind of looks like a deer in headlights. And then Trixie, God bless her. <laughs> Listen, I love Trixie Mattel, but sometimes I feel like she's just a little too positive. Like she literally is seen as each of the queens are singing, like tapping her little white girl, like offbeat hands together, like to the song. And it's just like, she really just seems like the only one who even gives a shit. <laughs> so I just can't get into it. The worst part about the show, I have to say, is that Jujubee actually represented one of the American queens on the show. And she was, you guys, not good. Like, not even close to good. But the strangest part of all was the actual premise of the show. So, like, all these queens get in drag and they're basically, like, judged on their looks, how they perform, and how their vocals go throughout the performance. And there's, like, 14 queens. But, like, after all 14 queens sing their song, basically, surprise, just to let you all know, six of you will be going home. Like, what? Six of you will be... Six of you will be going home. Like, is that a real way to construct a show? I just don't get it. And I mean, I'm going to give it one more valiant effort, but I just don't really know how I feel about this seemingly poorly planned and mediocre attempt to get drag back in to the spotlight. Ugh, so we're just going to have to see how all of this shit plays itself out and you can probably bet that I will keep you posted whether this show tanks or whether this show just like 360 takes me for a loop and impresses the fuck out of me I will for sure let you know so before we get my gay expose on this week's topic of conversation that just so happens to have a well a me themed undertone <laughs> first let's get your gay expose and this week the question was asked to a few of my friends as well as you the listeners when you see or hear the words ronnie washburn what is the first thing that comes to your mind and I just have to say, especially in regards to the answers from my friends, I'm just a little terrified <laughs> to get some of these. 
Ugh, answers. So we're just gonna have to see how all of this shit plays itself out. But let's get those responses now. Porter says, cheap gas station wine. <laughs> this fucking bitch. Uh, so many stories about this, it's not even funny. Amish says, <laughs> oh, Jesus. Okay, so I can't actually reveal any of that shit that was just said. So therefore, for reasons that really you don't need to know, that piece of information will most certainly not be revealed on this show. <laughs> I pretty much only said this or created this specific answer just so that he could hear it back. Kati says, nobody fucks with Ronnie Washburn, period. Isn't that so right? Michael said, a big old slut. <laughs> uh, you're not wrong. <laughs> Lori says, hmm, good question. I think the good old times back when we were in our 20s. I also think good dad who took care of his son full time when he was little. I think about all the apartments you had with all of those fish. So much wine and drinks, and trying to make a hickey, and then use a lipstick cap to get it out. Lots of laughter. A burnt orange SUV. Too much. But now, now I think of my friend from San Francisco. <laughs> and there is just far too much shit in this text to explain. So therefore, I'm not going to. <laughs> Dave said, Rice Arani, the San Francisco treat. Kids used to actually mock me with this song because this commercial was really big when I was little. It was like rice aroni, the San Francisco treat, and because my name is spelt so oddly, that's why they poked fun at me. But little did they know in a twisted fate of foreshadowing if I've ever seen it. This rice aroni would one day land in San Francisco. Oh, what a treat. Joseph said, unapologetically unfiltered to a place where I don't think I could officially invite him to a formal opera event. Mark says, my closet drinking friend at 9 a.m. when everyone else is drinking coffee. <laughs> well, you just brought that out of the fucking closet. Matthew says, really? Really? <laughs> Do you guys ever have that one friend who constantly questions everything you say and do and basically gives you that exact response? Like, really, Ronnie? Really? <laughs> well, that's my friend, Matthew. But, you know, you have to have one of those fucking people in your life to keep you fucking grounded. <laughs> what would I do without him? Kyle says, whore. I love how, like, all of these negative connotations are, like, like the first thing you think of. Uh, you guys, these are my fucking friends. 
<laughs> Tommy says, I think it reminds me of the grinder notification tone. <laughs> Lee says, super sexy and very attractive. <laughs> uh, can you see why I tried to include this one? <laughs> Lee, I don't know who you are, but thank you. <laughs> Jane says, mostly a fun time, but almost always an intoxicated time. Walter says, forever twink. <laughs> uh, this is kind of an inside joke, but definitely not a twink anymore, ladies and gentlemen. I'm not a twink. Not yet a daddy. Robert says, what a bitch. <laughs> uh, thanks. <laughs> uh, this is my most recent ex, so it's really hard to tell if he's joking or if he's being fucking serious. But I'm hopeful that he's joking. <laughs> I don't know. Anthony says, fully functional while in blacked out mode. Kevin says, the definition of hot mess. <laughs> Micah says, the most crass, inappropriate, and in-your-face bitch that I know. Jesse says, <laughs> Uh, Jesse just sent a meme of a woman who has long hair and she flips it as she walks away. <laughs> yep, this is pretty fucking accurate. Lindsay said, get off your phone and pay attention to me. Abraham says, vodka. I had to know that many of these answers were going to involve, like, intoxication, alcohol, etc. And I guess that's the reputation that I've built for myself. Nathan says, if prim, proper, and manners were water, then Ronnie Washburn would definitely be oil. They just don't mix. <laughs> Ben said, drinks too much, sleeps around too much, talks too much, has too much fun, and, well, is just too much. <laughs> this is pretty good. I I'll take this one for sure. You're not wrong either. Chris said, how much time do you have? Are we talking about both the good and the bad? Are we outweighing the good and the bad. Are we playing compare and contrast on how many things come to mind that are good and how many things that come to mind that are bad? Like I said, how much time do you have? <laughs> and Chris, I just want to say one big fuck you. <laughs> Monish says, bitch never responds to my texts. Okay, so you know how you always have that one friend? You know that one friend who actually, like, never actually responds to their texts, but then says that you never respond to theirs? Well, that's this friend. That's you, Monish. <laughs> like, I swear to God, he always accuses me of never responding to his texts. 
but he does not respond to mine just as much as I don't respond to his. <laughs> Lisa said, in all caps, mind you, fun as hell. Sergio says, the first thing, question mark, with several uh, devil horn emojis. <laughs> I should have known this shit was coming. This is what I fucking get. So Sergio kind of replied again shortly following, and because of what he said, I felt that I should include this. A very cute white butt. <laughs> That's right, bitches. Cute white butt. And by white, when he's saying white, he means like white, like really white. Like when I drop my pants, you have to put your sun glasses on, translucent, like blinding white. That's what he means by white. Jared said, oh, look, he just posted another selfie with a shirt that belongs to me that I didn't know he even had. And I don't think that I'll ever see it again unless he takes another selfie in it. <laughs> Ugh. Nick said, narcissist. <laughs> this bitch. Uh, takes one to no one, girl. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> Michael number two says, we only get to hang out when he doesn't have a boyfriend, which really just means we never get to hang out. Oh, <laughs> uh, see, uh, I knew I was gonna get a call out from this bitch. <laughs> Okay, fair. I deserve that one. And just as I expected, all of these answers are just one big giant clusterfuck of really just all over the place. Except for most of you decided to come for me. <laughs> Which I guess that's what I sort of expected. Thanks for pointing out all of my more charming attributes. Otherwise known as all the negative shit. <laughs> And for those of you who I don't know, whom I read off Instagram at Exposing My Gay, thank you for submitting what you think you think of me when you think of my name. <laughs> oh, God, this was a fucking giant mess. And don't worry if you didn't get your answer read this week. Just continue to follow on Instagram at Exposing My Gay and continue to submit your answers each and every week. And just remember, as a side note, the funnier the answer, the more likely you'll be read live on the show. So now, let's get my gay expose that just so happens to have a very, well, my gay expose themed undertone. Once upon a time, long, long ago, there was a three-year-old little gay boy named Ronnie Washburn. That's R-A-O-N-I Washburn. For those not in the know and or new to the show. 
But this little three-year-old boy, his earliest memory was actually his dad going in to his parents' room, screaming on the top of his lungs at his mother. Arms flying in the air, spit flying from his mouth, etc. And as a three-year-old little boy, I just didn't know, like, what the actual fuck was going on. I was terrified. I had never seen my parents behave in this way before, and I didn't really know what was going on. I remember all I could think in that moment was I just wanted my parents to stop fighting. So I walked into the room and I was like, Daddy, I want some juice. And my dad turned around and I'll never forget that look in his eye. As long as I live. There was just sheer anger piercing out of his fucking eyes. And he looked at me, pointed to the living room and said, go sit down on the couch now. And I did just that. I remember it well. I walked over to the 80s leather couch, sat on the cushion, put my head down, put my hands in my lap, just like my dad told me to do. And I waited for the fight to end. Well, the fight did end. It actually ended with my dad, like, leaving, slamming the door And me never, ever seeing my parents in the same room for a very, very, very long time ever again. Like my dad left, like he was gone. That was the last time that my dad lived with us. And I don't really want to start this episode off with a depressing note, but I feel like this is an important piece of the puzzle in regards to who I am as an individual. Keep in mind, this traumatic moment for me was my very first fucking memory of all time and honestly solely responsible for all of my current distant daddy issues that I have just struggled with over the course of my entire fucking life. Like I never had a relationship with my dad and I still to this very day I don't. Like I maybe see my dad like before COVID I would see him at my son's birthday party every year. But before or after COVID, I haven't seen him at all. Like, and I don't know when I'll see him the next time. I just, we just don't have a relationship. He's never really made any sort of a valiant effort to have any sort of a relationship with me or my brother. And I just didn't understand why. And I think growing up and just having a dad that was so absent from my life really just fucked me up on so many different levels to a place where when my mom actually remarried she remarried some guy that I just didn't really even care for and even though he was considered my stepfather and pretty much raised me and my two brothers I just back then didn't care for him didn't like him my mom insisted that I wouldn't accept him because I was still so like traumatized from my dad leaving and not understanding. She said I went a good portion of my life actually not speaking to anybody but her for a long period of time to a place where she actually thought about like some sort of a therapy type situation because she just didn't know what to do. I mean, eventually I came around, but like my mom always wanted me to like accept my stepfather as my father and I just refuse to even to this day I just don't actually care 
for him and how he is an individual and why that is and all the reasons why this is a thing and why my stepdad and I actually still to this day, even though my parents are still together, don't have that kind of a relationship with him. As neither here nor there, nor important. But what I'm getting at is that I just didn't have any real father figures in my life that I could accept. And I think that carried over to my constant quest for being a slut, truth be told. I've talked about that so many times on this show that having no father figure in your life really just subconsciously, whether you know it or not, makes you want to seek out the constant attention in men. And if that means dropping your pants and spreading your cheeks wide so they can stick their dick deep within your ass because that's all they want from you, that's exactly what I fucking did. Because in that moment, I was getting that attention that somehow I psychologically needed from a man. (laughs) Sorry for throwing all that fucking therapeutic bullshit at you. But that's really a big component of why I do what I do to this very day. That coupled with the fact that my parents were very Republican, Christian, like to a overly strict place, to a place actually where me and my other two brothers, not one of us actually follows the Christian faith because I feel like my parents were so hardcore about shoving it down our throats that naturally we all sort of gravitated away from it because it was such a fucking turnoff growing up, but we just didn't get it. I mean, obviously for me, it's a gay thing, which is kind of why I don't accept their religion. But like, truthfully, that is also a really important part of who Ronnie Washburn is today. This is actually why I go out of my way in all of my written work, podcasting, any of it, to specifically be LGBTQ plus theme because I live in a situation with my family where I am absolutely 1000% not accepted by my family for being gay. And because of that, and because I just don't have the support of my family in regards to that, that's like me being gay is like truly who I am. I am the most out loud and proud gay man in this world. I mean, fuck, have you listened to this goddamn show? That's all I fucking talk about. I mean, I'm as gay as a clutch purse on Tony Knight. And that's who I am. And that will never change, regardless of how many times. My parents told me that it was just a phase when I first came out of the closet. And I I always think back on those stupid fucking comments that came out of their mouths and to this day I kind of just want to be like you were so fucking wrong so fucking wrong I'm still gay I still love dick and there's not one fucking thing you can do to change that (laughs) oh god so came out of the closet late in life because I sort of felt pressured to not be gay because that was what my parents wanted. Like, my mom and I had a really close relationship, truth be told, before I came out of the closet because I sort of felt like because I didn't have, like, a real father figure, there was really nobody else that I could, like, be close to. And because I was so feminine in demeanor and exactly the opposite of my other two brothers, I think my mom and I just had this special bond that we could kind of, like, 
do together. Like, we watched all these, like, girly movies together, and, I, like, I was into it. I, I loved them. Like, The Sound of Music, all of the Rodgers and Hammerstein movies, like, Pride and Prejudice, all of that shit. My brothers were so not interested. And I was all in because I was so fucking gay. <laughs> but, like, when I finally did come out of the closet by accident to my parents via tagged photos from me and my very first San Francisco gay pride on Facebook, my mom and my relationship would be shattered in that moment. And it would never, ever, ever again recover at all. What? So ever. I would forever at that moment be the outcast of my family. And so for that reason, I really just have this fire lit up my ass to shove my gay agenda down anyone's throat that I see fit. Because if there's one thing that I've learned in my long life, growing to the age that I am now, it's that being gay is such a big piece of the puzzle to my life. And I just want the whole world to know that there are people just like me who struggle with this very thing, who couldn't be gay, who wouldn't be gay, who shouldn't be gay. But they are so fucking gay. So for that reason, my agenda is almost always 100% gay. So, you know, maneuvering through boyfriend after boyfriend after boyfriend and not really putting a whole hell of a lot into like what I wanted to do in regards to like a career was kind of a thing. I mean, I put more focus early on to my early relationships and just tried to discover myself, but just really didn't know what I was doing. Before I came out of the closet, I actually got with this girl because I felt like that's what I was supposed to do. I had all these straight friends. I was trying so hard to prove that I was straight because obviously I wasn't. <laughs> and I started dating this girl and I don't know how the fuck she didn't know I was so fucking gay. I mean, hello, can you hear the sound of my voice right now? How, how could you not think I was gay? But long story short, we had one of those oopsie daisy moments where she suddenly became pregnant. And just like that, I was a father. And honestly, that is probably one of the best things that has ever happened to me in my life. And my constant quest to teach my son about me being gay, not necessarily shoving it down his throat, but just teaching him that like, that's who I am and how he has the best opportunity to know what it's like to have a gay dad. Because honestly, aren't gay dads the fucking best? <laughs> we are. We're like, we just get it. We just get shit. We're like a mom and a dad all wrapped up in one. So my son's so fucking lucky. He just doesn't even know it yet because he's 14 and just doesn't give a shit. <laughs> but honestly, at the age of 14, he really does respect me as a gay individual. And that is one of the biggest rewards that I've ever had in my life, knowing that my son knows, doesn't give a shit. And that's just the way it is in our family. So when it comes to, you know, me finding my ex-husband after I broke things off with my son's mother, came out of the closet and was out loud and proud, went from boyfriend after boyfriend after boyfriend and ended up with my ex-husband and suddenly found us moving to San Francisco on a whim out of nowhere. I suddenly found myself just 
reveling in a city that just celebrated everything that I was. It was like that dynamic of what I once couldn't be growing up in the church and pretending I was a certain way when I totally wasn't and having my family not accept me for who I truly am. All of the people that I met in the Castro District of San Francisco were the exact 360 opposite and me being an out loud and proud gay man was a thing. It was embraced. It was welcomed. I just didn't know how to wrap my fucking mind around it. So therefore, it's been my quest in all of this shit that I do in regards to writing, podcasting, etc. to show the entire world that this is what we all as gay individuals deserve. We all deserve this type of acceptance and just knowing that I live in a place where I can truly be my one true self is the most fulfilling and rewarding feeling that I've ever had in my life. And as far as my parents are concerned, and they're getting a little bit older, and I've noticed my mom's trying really hard to like reach out a little bit more, I just kind of feel like the damage is already done. And it's just not really repairable. There's really not a whole hell of a lot that she could say or do that would fix any of the damage that she's caused on me psychologically. And honestly, I know that my mom will never fully accept me for who I am as a gay man. And that's okay. I've accepted that. I've moved on. And that is a chapter of my life that I have laid to rest. But once I broke things off with my ex-husband in San Francisco, I dated another guy for about a year. But then after I got out of that relationship, that's when I discovered hookup culture at its finest, especially hookup culture in San Francisco, where that's like just like a regular everyday thing. I took it a little bit too much, like to the extreme. Like I know I've mentioned this once before on the show, but there was one specific time where I was in a really heavy hookup phase where I was pretty much hooking up with a different guy like six days a week. And some days I would like do a couple different ones individually. Like I remember one specific day, I think this was my peak. I like went to a guy's house hooked up with him. And as I was walking away, like one of my other regular hookups hit me up wanting to have sex. So I went home and showered, went to his place, had sex with him. Then another random hookup who's been coming at me for a while hit me up and I just went to his house and had sex with him too. It was like three in one day. And I mean, I, I, I had a week where I like probably hooked up with 12 guys in a seven day time frame, And you guys... That's a little extra and a big part of my personality. If you know me, you know I don't do anything like <laughs> like medium or mediocre. I do everything to the nth extreme. And I definitely did my fair share of extreme hooking up as if it was like an actual fucking sport. And I was collecting goddamn points or some shit. If you were to compare your hookup points with me... I would probably take the cake hands down. In fact, my current ex-boyfriend and I, when we were together one day, we were talking about like who we hooked up with or like how many guys we thought that we hooked up with. And I was like, I have no fucking clue. 500? Maybe. A thousand? Probably. More than that? Most likely. I have no fucking clue. 
or even have any idea where to begin in regards to that. So, I mean, during this hooking up time frame, there were all kinds of crazy stories and different weird, random, and like awkward situations that I found myself in, and they always made for a good story. So throughout my San Francisco living, I pretty much flocked from one restaurant to a neck to the next at the time because you know at the time I got married and just moved to a new city and that's all I really had on my resume and in San Francisco when you get into a restaurant you're pretty much stuck because the money's so fucking good here that you just find yourself suddenly five years later and you're still in goddamn restaurants it's a trap but one day I was working in this specific restaurant and I had a co-worker a straight co-worker that I was really close to because we pretty much worked every shift together. And I would just come to work every day and tell him all these crazy stories of all of my random sexcapades and all the different things that happened to me, whether awkward, whether really good, etc. And one day he just looked at me in his Colombian accent and said, dude, you should just write all of this stuff down. Like keep a journal, a blog. And in that moment, that like a light switch went up in my mind and and that moment moving forward gay walk of shame was created a blog it that i basically created to share all of these crazy salacious and messy stories of all of my various gay walks of shame throughout the beautiful city of san francisco and you guys even though I really didn't know what I was doing at the time, I think there was a part of me that always just wanted to create something and do something really creative. But what I kind of actually learned was I was a really fucking good writer. When it comes to telling a goddamn story, I'm hella good at that shit. <laughs> and I just went to town with it. But like, it got to a place where I started taking the writing just a little bit more serious than the actual you know, like sex-filled storytelling time that exuded each and every page of the Gay Walk of Shame blog. And I found myself getting into these situations where I was like helping people write the content for their websites, for startup businesses, you know, just all different kinds of writing opportunities suddenly started falling into my lap. And I got a little weirded out and scared that people would catch wind of Gay Walk of Shame. And because of the sexually explicit materials, I felt like I possibly might not get certain gigs. So I stupidly put a lock on the Gay Walk of Shame blog and officially retired it. And all of that blood, sweat, and tears that I poured into that specific blog was laid officially to rest. So I wasn't done. I was like, well, what if I just started writing a blog that actually just showcased my writing skill and was a little less sexually explicit? And so I did just that. And I actually was working on a RonnieWashburn.com website back then and decided to incorporate this new blog. But the problem was, was even though the writing was like far superior than the Gay Walk of Shame writing style, because I had learned so fucking much from the two years that I put into Gay Walk of Shame, that I just was just falling in love with writing in the process and I just loved it. But the problem was because the sexually explicit material was missing from this specific blog. 
it wasn't really getting the same amount of attention as Gay Walk of Shame. And I found myself perplexed. And like all the success that I had had with that Gay Walk of Shame blog was nowhere to be found and nowhere to be seen. So what was I supposed to do next? Listen, I've always known that I am so fucking creative. I have such a good bold personality. I'm a hell of a lot of fun. Ask any of my fucking friends. <laughs> I mean, did you just listen to the Yorge Exposé segment? Hello. I am kind of a catch, truth be told. But here's the thing. I just needed to figure out what I needed to do in order to get like to that next level. Clearly, the writing and the blogging just wasn't enough. It wasn't working. People weren't reading. People actually just wanted to be read too. Or light bulb moment. Why don't I just do a fucking podcast? And so during the midst of quarantine and lockdown, and because I was a little stir crazy and bored, I decided to create this very show. No, as my gay expose podcast. And I put a lot of fucking time and effort into trying to take the actual sexually explicit materials that I provided in each and every one of the stories from Gay Walk of Shame and take this, the more serious route of things that I did in the second blog and kind of mix them together and just give you all of me, like both sides of the coin, the serious side and the risque side. Like I felt like I needed to show the world that this is who I truly am as an individual enjoying my single gay life in gay San Francisco. And, you know, honestly, it took a while, but here we are in this current moment almost two years later, and I'm just now getting all of that fucking attention that has opened the doors wide to all of these crazy and amazing opportunities. And you guys, I'm not even fucking kidding you. 2022 is definitely going to be my year for sure. You haven't seen anything yet. I'm just getting fucking started. And this shit is going to blow the fuck up in your face in such a crazy way. I actually had my tarot cards read to me recently. And without saying too much, and if you're rolling your eyes right now because you don't believe in tarot cards, you can go fuck yourself because I so believe in that shit. And I was told that I would be, quote, very wealthy from my creative endeavors. And whether that means this show or what comes from the beginning of this actual show, this is where it all began. Even though Gay Walk of Shame, the blog, was what got me into this mindset of wanting to create something for someone. This podcast has like opened the doors to so many different fucking amazing opportunities, book deals, all kinds of crazy shit that I can't even reveal yet because they're all in developmental processes and currently being finalized. And you guys, I'm so fucking excited. So this show is honestly my, my baby, my child. I am so fucking proud of this shit and I can't wait to see how all of this shit plays itself out moving forward. So on Tuesday, 2 22 22, you're going to get a 2.0 version of Ronnie Washburn double dipping in the podcasting world with my second show, Running Your Mouth 
with Ronnie, a show in which I take the time to really let any one specific individual who considers themselves a member of the LGBTQ plus alphabet and or allies, let them tell their truth, share their story, or just see if they're even capable of running their mouth with Ronnie. You guys, I'm so fucking excited about this shit. Recording has already started and I can't wait for you to see this second side of Ronnie Washburn. God, my voice keeps cracking. (laughs) But on the cusp of that and on the cusp of the fact that RonnieWashburn.com has just been revamped and reborn, so to speak. If you go onto the website itself, by the way, that's R-A-O-N-I Washburn. You'll find all the information in regards to any and all things currently available on the Ronnie Washburn brand, which includes my current monthly newsletter that debuts on January 1st, 2022, called A Gay in the Life of Ronnie, a monthly newsletter in which I will reveal my take on any and all things that I feel you need to know. Some of the things that will be covered in this monthly newsletter will be a clusterfuck of information in regards to my misguided attempt at gay sex and dating advice, like playlists that I can come up with. I I mean, I'm going to evaluate the fuck out of all of the different RuPaul franchises and give you my different opinions on what ones are good, what ones aren't, who's killing it, and who is like god-awful and any and all things in between. I'll review sex toys. I'll do my infamous Popper's Burns. Compare and contrast in regards to Popper's brands that I feel are the good ones and the ones that are the duds. And really just anything like events, LGBTQ plus advocacy causes that I feel like you need to know about. There's really no limits in regards to what this newsletter is going to bring to you each and every month. And it's going to be so much fucking fun. And I really wish that I could describe it better. There's really no way to describe it even more, but you're just going to have to find out for yourself. So when you get the opportunity, go to RonnieWashburn.com. That's R-A-O-N-I Washburn.com and click on the newsletter tab, and at the bottom, you'll see all the information in regards to A Gay in the Life of Ronnie. And at the very bottom, you can subscribe to the newsletter, and you will get that extra dose of Ronnie Washburn in written form each and every month. And I'm so fucking excited, you guys. You have no idea. But I'm just going to be honest with you. This Ronnie Washburn empire is just getting started. You have no idea what you're in for next. So stay tuned. And I hope that this little overview gave you just a little bit more in regards to who I am, why I say and do the things that I do, why my personality is so bad, and why I just don't give a fuck what anyone thinks. I'm going to say and do what I want to say and do. And if I want to fucking talk about being a slut, dirty butt sex, having STDs, and just any fucking thing that I want to fucking talk about, then that is the way that I show you my gay expose the way I fucking see it. And that's it.
what do we learn today, boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen, gays and straights, tops or bottoms, gender fluid and non-binary, transgender and questioning? Well, I'd like to think that maybe this week you learned a whole hell of a lot about any and all things Ronnie Washburn. I hope you enjoyed my <laughs> basic little recap of my entire show from beginning to end and all the reasons why I continue to exude my big, bold, and boisterous personality and prove to the world why I'm a fucking loudmouth. <laughs> uh, well, at any rate, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts. Follow on Spotify and don't forget to turn on those notifications so that you can catch wind of each and every episode of My Gay Expose podcast right when it drops. And by the way, give me a fucking five-star rating if you follow on Apple. Follow on Instagram at Exposing My Gay and take a look at my website and subscribe to my new newsletter, A Gay in the Life of Ronnie, at RonnieWashburn.com. That's R-A-O-N-I Washburn.com. And there you'll find any and all things Ronnie Washburn. And don't forget to join us next week for another messy, salacious, and relatable episode with me, Exposing My Gay. I'm Ronnie Washburn, and I will run my mouth with you next time. Yeah.